Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he absolutely delights in. Since union, since union is strength, he does his best to promote separation. And that was the horrific thing of the whole COVID situation and scenario. The absolute basis towards the church was to stop them from getting together. It was amazing. Even countries, nations, stop people of God from singing in services when they got together. Wouldn't let them sing. They could go with masks on, but they couldn't sing. They would have to be separated, set apart, but they couldn't sing. I don't care what comes, I will not shut this church. And I know some of you clapping may not be here if we do keep it open. And that's the truth. Because if we act the way we acted in the last scenario, then I have to understand that in the next, whatever's coming, some will act exactly the same with no, nothing learned from experience. The ultimate for the enemy is to stop the church. Lift your hand if you understand that. And fear is what does it. Because if you didn't fear, then nothing would stop you gathering. Nothing would stop you assembling. You know, I said things during that whole time that this is not the end, this is just the beginning. How many people understand that? People don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. There are things that are being hatched now in offices, in back rooms, in high people, society, governmental departments, global agendas. There are things that are going on that if we truly knew, it would turn a bald man gray overnight. See, I don't know if I believe that. Oh, you better. Because something's not right. But here's the most wonderful thing. We have a hope. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. We have a hope. I'm going to try that one more time. We have a hope. And what the enemy would love to do is to have the church praying against everything. But there are things that have to come to pass. He said there would be perilous times. There would be rumors of war. There would be war. And through preference, I don't think we're going to get everybody that we want now going forward in office like we would really like it. 
because everything is working. All cogs are turning. And unfortunately, there has to, people in, has to be people in office that facilitate it. It's went quiet. You see, for the charismatic church, we think that we can just turn everything because of preference in prayer. But powerful prayer is not getting our way or getting what we want or just getting the answer. Powerful prayer is praying in agreement to God's plan and God's purpose. How many people would agree with that? I won't keep you long. There are just a few thoughts. And so what I don't want us to get into is always just praying against those things we don't like instead of praying along with the Spirit to put things absolutely in alignment, in agreement with the plan and the purpose of God. This is a good word. Because we can spend energy praying with the plan of God or spend energy just taking authority over the plan of God thinking that we were helping God by praying what we believe is right. And so this is why I believe that the Spirit of the Lord came to help us pray. <laughs> because we don't know what to pray as we ought. It's the truth. Unless you have serious inside information How many people would accept that? Sometimes we're grasping at straws. We have snippets of what's going on. We have, you know, through study and through diligence of a personal nature, we, we know somewhat. But we are limited to knowledge of sorts. Whether that's a lot, whether that's informed knowledge, or whether it's just knowledge of sorts. And knowledge of sorts can be very dangerous. Because if you've been fed the wrong information, <laughs> now you have knowledge that is completely wrong and can mess up your world. That's why it's so important that we grow more acquainted with the spirit of truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. You know, he said, if you, when you walk, you'll hear a voice behind you. Walk in the way. But I don't believe he's the God of whispers. I believe he can whisper, but I don't believe necessarily that he's a God of whispers who just whispers in our ears. I believe there's a knowing. There's an indwelt sensitivity as a born-again believer filled with the Holy Spirit with a growing acquaintance of this precious person, Holy Spirit. We have a knowing. Say that with me. I, I have, a knowing. have a knowing. 
<laughs> Isn't that good? You see, if you're always looking for a voice, I think you'll miss it. Because he leads us. The greatest blessing is that we were given the precious Holy Spirit to live, abide within us, saturate us, to lead and guide us. He came with power. Two words, exousia and dynamis. He came so that we could operate in a powerful authority that when we would speak that name of Jesus and use that name and operate with power of attorney, it would just be like God himself speaking. Because that is what he intended. When he said, let us make man in our image, He absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, was creating you in his image, in his likeness. And he had nothing else in his mind other than you would rule and reign and flourish Eden. until it inhabited the whole earth. He gave man power to rule this planet. And everything on this planet would come under his dominion. It's mind-boggling. He never made you as a substandard subject. He never made you an object of a playful nature. But yet in mind, he made you his imagers. And when Jesus came, he rolled it out and spoke it out. That this is exactly what he intended all the time from the creation of man. Put your hands to the Lord. Fro Kemal If we ever get to the place to walk in full agreement with Almighty God, we will be astounded. that he gave us the very life of Christ himself and dwells within us on this earth in this time to bring to pass his plan and his purpose.
Man, I sensed his presence just come strong. Pray in the spirit with me. Let these thoughts go deep within you. You're not a Christian trying to. You're just not a, a believer trying to. You were indwelt by God himself. That's a revelation. That means you don't live with a box in this life. You are part of an unlimited source and an unlimited supply. An unlimited operation of a heavenly nature and a heavenly kind. Celestial at its origin. And just because we have these bodies for 70 to 120 years does not in any way undermine his plan and his purpose through each and every single one of us. And you are his legal right of entry. And just as Jesus was the door for you to get to him, you are the door for Jesus to get to others. With a legitimate operation of a God kind and a God nature, he operates through you with authority, dynamis, with power. People think that God can just do anything. But he needs you. And he will have you. And if you don't yield, someone else will. That's why not one person will ever stand in his way and he will get absolutely what it is that he needs done because someone somewhere will say yes. Well, I say yes. And I don't care what it looks like, I say yes. And that's why I say, no matter what comes, I will not shut this church. I won't. No matter what they're hatching, no matter what they're doing, I won't do it. Because I will not play into that. Of being per personally responsible for the isolation of the body of Christ. I do not want that as a badge through eternity, that I helped facilitate that when I could have done something about it. But it's going to take your confidence also. It's just not me up here saying, I won't shut it. You too will have to help me keep it open. Because in the last wave, in the last pandemic, it might have been Canada, it might have been Australia, it might have been other places that clumped down real hard on churches. Other places in the United States, right here in the Union. But who knows in the next one what people will start to say, what people will start to do. Who would have thought it that pastors in Canada would have went to jail? for church. <laughs> Say this, no weapon formed against me shall no prosper. Are you ready for what's coming? Are you ready for what's right up ahead? You say, this is scary. No, no, it's not. 
because we know the end. Because a few years from now, the rapture is going to take place. Say, you don't believe in that, do you? I absolutely do. I absolutely double dare you to believe in it also. Because not one minute are we staying here any longer than we have to as the church. But you must understand that you are not here to endure. You are here to occupy. This is pure scripture now that I'm telling you. Because when you hear some Christians talk, it's like they are enduring this. I can't hardly handle what I'm hearing. Then stop listening to it. And get busy about the church business. Stop listening to the news every moment you can. Listen to God's Word. Get in the whole Scripture revelation of the, what? The rapture, the end times, all the eschatology you can. And fill yourself full of it. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Keep your finger in Psalm 1 and go over to... John 16, I sense his presence so beautifully strong here. Well, I didn't think that you'd be preaching like this on Easter Sunday night, Pastor. Why not? They couldn't shut Jesus down. And they're not going to be able to shut you down. They couldn't shut him up. And then they tried to shut up the early church, but they wouldn't shut up. Hallelujah. Look at this in John 16, 33. I have told you these things, stood it in me. You may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you. I receive it. Say this with me. The world has no power to harm me. How many people believe that? Not just because we're in church. Not just because we're together. Because together, there's power. What you can't do on your own, we can do together. That's why we must get together. I'm praying about going every Friday night. I'm just letting you know. Having revival meetings every Friday night. How many people believe that would be a great thing? I'm telling you. Why? Because I'm just in the frame of mind to ramp things up. That if the enemy is trying to ramp it up, I'm just going to ramp it up too. Because we have nothing to lose. I'm going to say it again. We have nothing to lose but everything to gain how many people believe revival nights in Tulsa Oklahoma on Friday nights would be an amazing thing I know some of you nod your head but you won't be here because Friday night's date night but I believe that we can have powerful things happen life-changing hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Pramana solo pa prepiasto. Oh, glocka sombleansai. Prepianso copreastam. 
That's what the devil's afraid of. He's afraid of you having revival. He's afraid of an outbreak of the Spirit of God. He's afraid of people getting free just like you. How many people know you're getting freer and freer and freer? Of course you are. And I have told you these things so that in me you will have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Hallelujah. Go with me to Luke chapter 10. Y'all doing okay? Verse 18, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I love what the Amplified says, a flash from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Nothing shall in any way harm you. No, say it again. Nothing shall in any way harm you. How many people believe this? Say, I could do this at home. No, you couldn't. Because this is different in a corporate setting. This is all of us in agreement that nothing is going to harm us. And we're going to accomplish what it is God has placed us here. <sighs> Go with me to Psalm 1. <laughs> Amen, my sister. I'm with you. Greater days. Greater days. How many people can understand what I'm saying? We have to step it up. So therefore, if the, the world is stepping it up, then we, the church, have to step it up. You understand? Do you know I have so many people that come to me and tell me, Pastor, I just want to let you know is that if you ever were to start a meeting on a Friday night, I would be there. It's too long from Tuesday till Sunday. Well, then that's too long for the enemy to play. Man. Don't encourage me too much now. Say we might as well pull up our sleeping bag and our pallet, you know. And we're always at church. No, that means you're not always in trouble. You're not always out there in your mind on your own. Yes. Amen. Another opportunity for a corporate anointing. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We'll have a service and everybody can go and eat pizza. Well, lettuce. How many people love lettuce? It's a confession for me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But then you can't really love food. But I do. I like lettuce. It's a choice, isn't it? Whether you like it or not, you're going to eat it. Sometimes eating lettuce is a faith move. 
like faith. I'm liking it. Barbecue, lettuce. Lettuce wins. <laughs> oh, the struggles of humanity. Say, I love lettuce. <laughs> We're just taking a moment to let the air out. It was kind of intense there for a minute or two. You're all like, <laughs> you know, if the enemy was to show up now, you'd take his eyes out. You know, let's just calm down, calm down. We had a lettuce break. Someone. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and envious is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. And I listen to the day that we live in and walk in. I'm going to read it again for you. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the Lord. And on his law, the precepts and instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither. Can I have a big amen? Amen. Amen. Jeremiah tells us that your leaf will remain green when heat comes. Say that with me. My leaf will remain green when heat comes. Pressure is coming. Pressure that we are not familiar with. But please don't be the believer that says, you know what, there's never been days like this before. All you have to do is go through history the barbarians, the Vikings. Please don't ever say that you're living in nothing short of hell. I don't know what it would have been like to live in those barbaric times, in the dark ages. Horrific. Well, how many people knows we're not there? So there's still lots of light. Even though there's gross darkness, that darkness has never overpowered the light. Amen. And while you're here, it will never. Amen. But I don't want to find out what it's going to be like the second after the rapture. Well, when I read that, Pastor, I think it's the Holy Spirit that's taken away now. The Holy Spirit can't be taken away because no one can come to the Lord except the Holy Spirit draw them. So the Holy Spirit will be much at work. But he that remains, us, shall be taken. We are here to occupy. That's what the Gospels tells us. And we are here to what? Restrain. Restrain who? 
the Antichrist. And even if we don't know who he is, there's a system that is truly being ruled out. That's what you're working at, guys. Please, the last thing that you could and should do right now is just to stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and think that it's all going to go back to the way it was, the glory days of America. Oh, didn't you love it in the 50s? Didn't you love it in the 60s? Didn't you love it in the 70s? Didn't you love it when the Beach Boys just hit the scene? But there's people being born in the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s, and this is what they know. They don't know life without a phone. iPhone. And now AI is chasing us down. Somebody somewhere had a good idea thinking, you know what, maybe we should put a hold on this. I don't believe for one minute they're putting a hold on it. I think it sounds good to us, but I don't believe for one minute that they're putting a hold on it. I believe there's already stuff out there that would, again, make a bald man go gray overnight. We are much more advanced than the regular person knows. How many people would accept that? You only know what you're being told. But for the church, we have inside information. And everything you hear by the Spirit is not something that you should be talking about. We'll say that one more time. And everything that you hear by the Spirit is not everything that you should be talking about. That's why for a lot of ministers, I get a little bit like, don't say that. You don't have to be talking about it all. I hear people on YouTube and Facebook and all those different things and I listen to it and you know what? Some of them have phenomenal content. But I think to myself at time, you know, you need to be cautious that we're not saying too much, too soon to too many people. Remember, as ministers, we're not trying to grow our ministries. We're actively at work regarding the affairs of the kingdom of God. And the early church did an amazing job without Facebook. They weren't trying to grow their ministries. They did an amazing job without a million hits on YouTube. They weren't trying to grow their ministries. They were trying to what? Extend the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. 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 Is this boring you tonight? The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. So you don't have to sit there with your rosary beads wondering what's going on this week. Listening to Fox News night and day. It's okay. Touch it once in a while. Hear the headlines, whatever you do, but don't sit there and listen to every single thing that every single person says. That's a good word. Study 
to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not be ashamed. From the book of Timothy. Hallelujah. And I shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth fruit. So, you know, that's what's going to happen. It felt like a, a Minnesota spirit got in here right there. You know, yeah. <laughs> that goes on to say, not so the wicked. Those disobedient and living without God are not so. But they are like the chaff, worthless, dead, without substance, without wind drives away. Which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked, those disobedient and living without God, shall not stand justified in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly, those living outside God's will, shall perish, end in ruin, and come to naught. It amazes me. Have you noticed how many slip-ups some of these politicians actually are making verbally, vocally? It's like they get under a microphone, and it's like their mind flips out. I've been watching it. There's someone there, even with this last week and a half, got all just discombobulated in there. In their thought process. You know one of the reasons that is, don't you? Is that you can only spin so much. And sooner or later you forget what you actually said. When you start taking air bubbles in your thought process, <laughs> that was the nice way of putting that. And you have to understand some things at work. I will confuse them. We're going to see acts of God full frontal on television screens. Acts of God, full frontal on television screens. And we're going to look at that and think, what was that? And we're going to know God just literally intervened in the name of Jesus. How many people know that we're in days of Balaam and Barak? that you're going to see that when one person's trying to say one thing, God's going to get their tongue, and they're going to say something completely different. And they may try to curse, but they'll end up blessing. Let's agree for this in the name of Jesus. You're going to see tremendous acts of God. Tremendous acts of God. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 and 10 and 12. I'm not going to keep you much longer. I hope you got something out of this tonight. It says this, two are better than one because they have what? A good and more satisfying reward for their labor. 
For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and is not another to lift him up. That's why we need each other and we need company. And never be tempted to become reclusive. Because that's doable. In the day that we're living in, what's the point, one would say? But fear is at the core of it. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? And verse 12 says this, And though a man might prevail against him, he was alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. We are stronger together. That's why I tell you, I will not shut the doors. And I need you to be of the same mindset. That no matter what comes, you're going to never forsake the gathering together of the saints. Because Hebrews clearly tells us that as you see that day approaching, that's why we can never be pushed online. Do you know there are many churches that never went back in person? Mega churches that never went back in person, they still are online today. We heard of a testimony there recently. A massive church with thousands and thousands. They stayed online so long that when they came back, the first Sunday they had no more than 500 people. And after a couple of weeks, they realized there's no point to this. It's actually better and more productive for us to stay online. Thousands of people displaced. Thousands of people now just. But you see, if pastor says it's okay to stay home, guess what? Many people accept that. Because there's a bond that comes between the shepherd and the sheep. And people listen. And not everybody will think very much about it for themselves. They'll just say, pastor said and that's why such responsibility will be held of someone like me. Because of the door that I have and the access I have to people's hearts. Because people make decisions based upon people like me. That's a tremendous responsibility. We take it very seriously. But when it comes to the shenanigans of the Antichrist system, I can tell you, I'm not going to play. The early church suffered persecution. And whether you realize it or not, whether you're in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, you have to understand that persecution is coming in a way that we are not familiar with. The church now is being grouped as a people that hate We are none accepting. Every lie in the book is being thrown at us. We won't conform. 
so what they have to do is continually berate us berate us and berate us and berate us and berate us I'm not saying burrito I'm saying berate us <laughs> burrito us and burrito us and burrito us burrito lettuce burrito how many burrito do we have burrito 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 any lettuce people yeah lettuce there you are if it's a choice card says if a choice between a burrito and a lettuce I'm having a lettuce Is the truth? How many burrito people do we have? I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but the enemy wants to burrito us and burrito us and burrito us until we conform. And it comes in a way, why are you? Why are you like that? Why do you always have to go against? Why can't you just swim with for a period of time? Why are you always trying to take it another direction? That's why I can't go to these ecclesiastical pastoral clubs. As much as I love unity, that's not the type of unity that I like. If I have to yield up authority to ignorance, maybe that's too strong for somebody. But if you were smart, you wouldn't either. I went to an ecclesiastical gathering of ministers in Northern Ireland one time. It's right across the board of all denominations. I thought it was an amazing thing. I actually did it. Walking through the, the doors, you could smell the mothballs of religion a mile away. And they didn't want me praying in tongues. They just, you know, wanted us just to pray nicely. Let's all pray nicely. Well, that was the last time I ever went. And they were glad I never came again. Because unity is not in the natural unity is in the spirit a Presbyterian and a Baptist could be walking the other side of the street and they have nothing in common in the natural but the moment that both of them would be baptized in the spirit and begin to pray in the spirit they would come together in the spirit even though they would be divided in their minds it's amazing Thank God for the power of agreement. Yes. In the Living Bible, in verse 9, it says this, Two can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he is alone, he is in trouble. And one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Isn't that beautiful? Look at your neighbor and say, we're stronger together. Come on, say it like you mean it. We're stronger together. Of course, we can't leave this tonight without going to Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Two or three. 
It's not talking about 50. It's not talking about 100. It's not talking like the crowd we had this morning at our AM service. It's not talking about the diminished crowd we have tonight, Easter Sunday evening, or PM service. It's just simply saying, we agree. Just this. There is so much power. Yes. Calling to myself, agree. Even with your guests over this next couple of weeks. It's amazing what the four of you can agree on. And no one will ever need to know. Except the concord of agreement. You and the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And that's how we get things done. That's how we get it done. Some things don't need three days of prayer. They just simply need. Will you agree with me? And I agree with you on the authority of God's word. For the full supply of a financial nature, a financial kind that will absolutely sort and eradicate and will set you up. Whatever that takes and whatever needs to happen, the wisdom of God comes upon you in full agreement to do that, to execute the full plan of Almighty God. This will be to your blessing and not to your hurt. We agree in the full supply of heaven. Come on, everybody, we're in agreement. This is how you do it. We agree in the full supply of the Spirit on the authority of God's Word. And if God gives you something else beyond that in a prayer meeting, then that's great. It might take you into a time of prayer because there's something that actually is against you. And through the powers of prayer, the operations of the Spirit, as a son of God, you can battle that. You can defeat that. You can break through that. But I like what Jesse says. I'll be your two. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'll be your two. I'll be your two any day. All you need is that agreement. Shut it out. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Regardless of how long it takes, we will not faint, we will not fall, we will not fail in the name of Jesus because it's coming to pass. Shut it out, it's coming to pass. Door is open. We prayed about it earlier. It was in my spirit. Open up, open up. What were we doing? Yes, we were releasing faith. We were speaking prophetically, but it was agreement. Open up. Doors of opportunity. Open up. Man, some, I, I tell you, there's an excitement in my belly because I sense something happening for our good. Though the enemy thrust sorely at me that I might fall, in the name of the Lord, I cut him off. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Shut it out. It's not coming near me. It's not coming near my house. It's not Orosamaya. We agree that the thing that rose against your house the first time will never rise against it the second. It will never 
come again. So we agree. I'm on purpose praying for these people. This is not just do what I'm doing. I am purposely. The thing that rose will never rise again. We agree. On the authority of God's word. Nahum 1.7. It will not come a second time. I declare this to anyone that has had cancer. It will never come back. Now we can do that by faith. But there are other things that you can do. That can work with God. Lettuce. Not burrito. That's the truth. There are things that you can do. That physically you're saying, I am in agreement. That this will never come back. I have the word on it. I have the agreement on it. And physically, I am securing it. That's how you do it. Hallelujah. Let's just work there just two minutes. That that thing will never rise again. 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 God's bringing people out of lack. Not just by his good hand, but I'm telling you, he's given us wisdom on how we'll never be in lack again. In the name of Jesus, come on, not just money just sitting in the bank, just moss grown over the top of it, but he's causing us how to know things, understand things, understand ways, understand processes, understand investments, understand all of these things, understand the absolute workings of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Say this with me, days of heaven on earth. Say it again, days of heaven on earth. Days of heaven on earth. Come on, one more time. Days of heaven on earth. Days. Glory days. Heavenly days. Heavenly days. Say this, no weapon formed against me. How many times do you say it? As many times as you need to. How many times do you say everything else? How many times do you say the old junk stuff? No, I tell you, you know, he repeats himself over and over and over. It's on purpose. I live like this. Okay, I'll go there. Go with me to 1 Samuel 30. You thought I was closing. You all doing okay? You getting anything out of it? It's only 7.30. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Get ready for your tithes and offerings tonight. Hallelujah. Are you thankful? What does thankful mean? Pleased and relieved. What did you say it was, Peggy? 
happy. <laughs> no, you can be happy too. <laughs> happy, pleased, and relieved. The Oxford Dictionary tells us that thankful is pleased and relieved. Isn't that amazing? How many people is going to be pleased and relieved this week? What would it take for you to be pleased and relieved this week? Think about it. What would it take for you to be pleased and relieved this week? Thank you, my brother. Come on, just thank him a little minute. Come on, thank him a little minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to read this to you because no one is left out. This has been so in my heart over this last few days. Now when David and his men came home to Ziglag on the third day, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid on the south of Negev and on Ziglag and had struck Ziglag and burned it with fire, and had taken the women and all who were with, who were there, both great and small, captive. They killed no one, but carried them off and went on their way. So David and his men came to the town, and behold, it was burned, and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. And then David and the men with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelites and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the men spoke of stoning him, because the souls of them all were bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, this is key for this time that we're living in. David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son, I pray you, Bring me the ephod, and Abiathar brought him the ephod. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. I want you to shout that out. Without fail, I will recover all. The Lord gave me that word of entering into rest, R-E-S-T. Recover every single thing. Amen. Say that with me. I, I am recovering every single thing. So David went, and he and the 600 men went with him and came to the brook Bezor. And there those remained who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed because they were too exhausted and faint to cross the brook. They found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he ate water and drink and a piece of cake of figs. See, cake is in the Bible. <laughs> and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit returned to him. Your spirit will return to you with cake. And David said to him, To whom do you belong, and from whom do you belong, and from where have you come? 
And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to the Amalekite, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. Let me tell you guys, you want to serve the devil? Once he's done with you, he will leave you. Don't be under any false sense of security, thinking that you're able to play in heaven one minute and play in hell the next. Because once the devil's finished with you, he will expose you. Secrets never stay secrets with the devil. It's never you and his secret. Because after a while, he'll tell everybody what you're doing. Make no bones about it. We had made a raid, so he's just spilling now on the enemy. We had made a raid on the south of the Negev, the Cherethites, and upon that which belongs to Judah, and upon the south of the Negev of Caleb, and we burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this band? And he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring you down to this band. And when he had brought David down, behold, the raiders were spread abroad over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. And David smote them from twilight even to the evening the next day. And not a man of them escaped except 400 youths who rode camels and fled. David recovered. I don't know why I read that all the time. It's like a comical thing in my mind. All these camels with all these young folks on them just riding out into the... David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing. Small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken, David recovered all. Underline that with me, please. David recovered all. Also, David captured all the flocks and herds which the enemy had. In other words, the enemy wished he hadn't done what he did. He always overplays his hand. So just stick around a little while. You're going to like the end result. I'm going to say that again. You're going to like the end result. Also David captured all the flocks and herds which the enemy had, and the people drove those animals before him and said, this is David's spoil. And David came to the 200 men. This is amazing to me. And David came to the 200 men who were so exhausted and faint that they could not follow him and had been left at the brook Bizarre with the baggage. They came to meet David and those with him. And when he came near to the men, he saluted them. Then all the wicked and base men who went with David, wait a minute, neither wicked and base. <laughs> because of the state of their heart, look at this. Because they did not go with us, we will not give them nothing of the spoil we have recovered, except that every man may lead away his wife and children and depart. David said, You shall not do so, my brethren. With what the Lord has given us, he has preserved us and has delivered into our hands the trip that came against us. In other words, what David said is that we recovered all for all, not just for a few. In other words, this was just not for a, vict a victory for those who went. This was a victory for everyone that couldn't make it. There are many that we will meet along the road over these next years who will not be able to do what it is that you do. 
for some reason or the other, they'll be too exhausted to cross the brook. But you see, the heart of a true leader is this, that no matter who goes, we rescue all for all, we recover all for all, and not one person is left out, but they receive everything that is theirs. How many people know that's a great word to me? And that's where we're at. Because what the enemy loves to do is he loves for us to sit in judgment of each other. Well, if he would just do that, you know, if he would just get his finger out and just do it. But you see, that's exactly the spirit that David was combating. I don't know those 200 men's situation. I don't know why they were so exhausted more than everybody else. But with everything going on in the world today, it doesn't take much to weary a few folk. If you're in your teens and early 20s, I want to speak to you just two minutes. There's a supernatural quickening that's available to you that you don't have to wait you can operate in this now I speak a quickening to you I speak revelation and understanding 20s and 30s walk in it now the favor of the Lord. Walk in it now. Walk through those doors of opportunity, those doors of favor now. Come on, 40s and 50s. Come on, God's not finished. For some of you, he's just getting started. 60s, 70s, 80s. Come on. Come on, all the faith people, 120. Longevity, right? It's easy to believe for the 120 when you're 30. This believe for it. This believe that God is sustaining in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Say this, I agree. That God's goodness is manifesting in my life. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody said a big amen.